Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. Supplemental. We should call it bonus. I like bonus. Bonus track. Bonus yeah. tracks for tu- bonus trek for Turkey Day. Yeah. That's I, I kind of like that. It works actually. Yeah. So welcome to our first supplemental episode. This is all going to be bonus stuff for you guys. And I know some of our international listeners, because Star Trek is beloved around the world, may not be celebrating these holidays, but for us, it's Thanksgiving. And so what we're going to be giving you is a whole bunch of fun random stuff, all the stuff that I have seen that we haven't necessarily talked about, some of the recommended stuff that I've seen that we haven't talked about. So you're going to be getting a little bit of that in celebration of American Turkey Day. There you go. Yeah, this is this week coming up is Thanksgiving, so we're taking the week off, which is why you get some bonus conversations that Jessica and I have already recorded. Extra for your ears. Enjoy. So, um, Jessica, I'm just going to say thank you for for in these conversations and have a fantastic Turkey Day, and. Uh, and happy Thanksgiving to all. Oh, we should mention that we will be doing more of these two when we get into Christmas, but they're going to be super awesome because they're going to be full movies. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, for those of you that are tuning in for our regularly scheduled episodes, we will be doing City on the Edge of Forever next week. Uh, in our regular scheduled spot. So uh, tune in for that. And in the meantime, enjoy these bonus conversations. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Jessica. You too. I have a Thanksgiving present for you, Andy. You have a... What's my Thanksgiving present? I watched Assignment Earth. You watched my favorite episode. That's my actual... Why did you not put this in there? It is excellent. I loved this episode. So much more than some of the other episodes. I love hearing you say that. Oh my gosh, I love hearing you say that. Um, There's not enough room? That's... I don't... uh, I want to reject that reasoning. I got it. But it's really self-sacrificial, actually, of you to put aside your personal favorite. Let, Let me tell you why I didn't include it is it's it's a very Kirk Spock episode. Most of it takes place Definitely. just between Kirk and Spock. There's a little bit from the ensemble, but for the most part, it's another one of those. And we've seen several of those already. We've seen um, Errand of Mercy. We've seen The City on the Edge of Forever. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't have room. I, it was one of those things where you can only yeah. show so many of those, and mm-hmm. I needed to get those elements in elsewhere, and there were other things that I needed. This is the challenge, but oh my gosh, we're going to get to talk about it now, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if you want to, this was an extra for me. It was a bit of a bonus, like I said. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a full episode, and I have no notes on this. And right, neither do I, so I could just like say what comes to mind. Uh, yeah, tell, tell me what you thought of the episode. So, so to remind, was let me remind everybody. Oh, so, right, right. So, so in, synopsis. <laughs> to, to do a, a real uh-huh. quick synopsis, this is the episode where uh, the Enterprise travels back in time deliberately to Earth back in 1968 and intercept an agent named Gary Seven, who was uh, and ISIS on Earth 
and and Isis, his cat, uh, who was going to Earth to uh, what he claimed was help us get through our critical uh, warlike periods. And uh, Kirk and Spock have to figure out whether he's on our side or whether he's working against us. And it is just a... Uh, it's one of my. It is my favorite episode. There you go. You finally got it's it out of me, real, Jessica. My they're all your episode. babies, but this one's your favorite baby. Exactly. But don't tell the others. I won't. I won't tell any of the others that this one's your favorite. Yeah. Don't tell City on the Age of Forever that oh. I like because I'm on Earth better. <laughs> Guys, if you could see his face. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I, I like. Tell me about it. Tell me what you saw. I really enjoyed that the story was. Uh, it seemed like a little more cohesive, which may have had to do with they didn't have to do quite so much aliens deck tech stuff that they could really just be in the 60s and it looked the way all the rooms would look and all the furniture and all the people would look. So maybe that was a little thing. But there was a lot more focus on Seven than there was on anyone else. And he was interesting. Were they trying to set up a spinoff series? Yes. Because... I would have watched that. Yeah? Excellent catch. Yes. Uh, yes. At the end of the second season of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, looking at the potential future that mm -hmm. Star Trek might be canceled, tried to set up um, this episode as a pilot for a new mm -hmm. series about Gary Seven and Roberta Lincoln. Starring Robert Lansing and Terry Garr, who yeah. you, you got to meet. And it would have been uh, them having adventures. It was exactly what, what Kirk says at the end of the episode. Yeah. I think that you are in for, you know, some right. interesting times, you know. So so it, that, that was Which what they were saying. Which makes no sense Absolutely because if he had heard of Gary Seven and his companion, <clears throat> he, everybody got that reference because he was very Doctor Who-ish. He would have known from the very beginning that he was trustworthy. So, eh. yes, he was, wasn't he? Oh. He was very Doctor Whoish, right down to that little servo that he yeah, had. Yeah, the little fancy used to magical screwdriver thing. Pretty much looked like a sonic screwdriver, right? Yeah. So I was curious which one of them came first. Oh, me too. I was going to ask. Well, I could tell you that I looked it up, uh -huh. and while Doctor Who predates, um. Star Trek, mm -hmm. the first introduction of the sonic screwdriver happened in the exact same week <gasps> really? that this episode aired. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Both of them were so, being developed at the same time. So there's no way to know which yeah. one of them came first because who started writing that episode first? Huh. Right, right. There's a bit of a mind meld. Well, that happens with science too. Uh you get the world gets into a bit of a mind meld and then you have like three countries who discover kind of the same exact technology at almost the same exact time. Uh, very cool. It is. And, and, and what a cool little tool he gets to use and, mm -hmm. you know, I loved, I loved ISIS. I really did the, and then you get to the end and you're like, mm, she was sitting on Spock's lap. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just petting away. It was very soothing for him. <laughs> he does that all the time. You notice that? He petted the triples. Mm -hmm. He pets the mm -hmm. cat. Yes. Spock's got a real soft spot. Especially for the, the half-toothed teddy bears. He digs the animals. Yeah. Why didn't, why didn't it happen? Why didn't Gary Seven become a thing? It just didn't sell as a as a potential series, Aww. I guess. Yeah, I, and I don't know what the the actual story behind it was, but he wasn't able to 
to get it sold, which is a shame because I think it would have been a fun, you know, you get you get kind yeah, of a I modern day spy thriller each week with cool alien technology thrown in for fun. Right. I liked uh, that he was a good guy. I liked that he was hidden world but had knowledge of the technology even way beyond the time of uh, Kirk and the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed a lot of it. It would have been cool to see what they could have done with it. And, of course, I would have loved to. When I was younger, much younger, mm-hmm. I wrote a short story about Gary Seven and his further adventures. Nice. The story was really good. Anyway. Yeah, good story. I, I think it's a fun story. Did you ever for a moment doubt that he was on our side? No. Okay, I wasn't sure. He felt, he felt like a good guy. So yeah, uh, he, he Plus, felt he's like petting a, a cat. I mean... Well, I can see how the other, see, this makes me, this may make me a cat lady because for other people, that's going to be like, oh, that's a sign of evil. And for me, I was like, clearly he's fine. He loves his cat. The cat's clearly more than a cat. Yes. Even before the other girl sees her. So. Yes. I. Boy, there's, just so, there's so many places I could go with, with just the whole cat thing. Um, right. I, could t- I, I, I will never recommend you to watch the, the Halloween episode of, of Star Trek. And there was one. <laughs> is it, is um, it as bad as Spock's brain? I almost put in an episode called Spock's brain. And what stopped you? That sounds cool. I like that. No, not cool. Do you recommend it? Okay. So Spock's brain is a classic. Okay. It is known by by Star Trek fans as being potentially the worst episode ever created. Oh, I don't want to go to there. Think. Why did you put it? Why would you have put it in then? Partly because it is it is like so goofily bad. Like the, the there's, there's there's good story to it. Basically, these aliens come and they take Spock's brain away. These women. Oh wow! Sirens come and steal Spock's brain, leaving a living body behind that in like life support. Sure. So he's a zombie, or basically yes. Okay. Which McCoy then hooks up a remote control to him that are that allows Spock to basically walk around like a mechanical doll, with a surprising amount of accuracy with the things that he's able to do with these four little buttons, and it is so goofy and so over the top, silly and ridiculous. And yet the story has some good stuff in it. And I almost put it in there to show you how bad Star Trek can get. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> and, and, and in the end, McCoy has to like do an operation to put his brain back in. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, which they, they justify by saying he gets hooked up to this alien contraption that teaches him how to do it. But in the end. Sure. In the end, McCoy is actually he reconnects Spock's vocal cords so Spock can talk him through which nerve is like my right middle finger, my right index finger, so that he can put them into the right part of the brain. That's actually way appropriate. I don't know if they would have known that in the in the 60s and 70s. I mean, I would guess. But that's how we do brain surgeries now. Yeah, you have to where, keep where people awake and say, can you still see what's going on? And then when yeah. they say, hippopotamus. Mm-hmm. Pikachu, you're like, okay, I hit the that nerve that doesn't. That's the wrong one. That's, Don't the, touch that's that not again. the one. Isn't it interesting? Because that to me is one of the goofiest. That and the remote control are like the two goofy parts of that 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 show. And yet, and yet look what you did. You grabbed right onto a thing without even having seen it and said, "Oh, but this is Actually, how they operate today." Right. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense. And when I looked at it, I was like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me! It's so <laughs> cheesy." And it is for, you know, for, but, yeah. and yet 
look at look at what we what we're doing. We're using that technique in real modern day mm-hmm. today. Yep. Go figure. What do I know? What do I know? Um, I have no idea what you're going to like and not like. I will never recommend you to watch the the Halloween episode of of Star Trek, and there was one. <laughs> is it um, is it as bad as Spock's brain? It may be worse. It it may be worse because on top of the fact that it's really bad is that it really doesn't have anything to redeem it from how bad it is. It's it's bad without like the. Any. It's so bad that it turns around and starts being like fun to watch. This right, one's right. this one's like oh god when is this going to end? And it's called Cat's Paw. Of course it is. And there's also a witch and a and a wizard in it too, and it's just. God awful. <laughs> well, see, now we should go through. We are pretty much wrapping up all of the original series, and we'll do an actual wrap up. But this is kind of fun. If you had the some of the stuff you didn't show me, what's like the top three worst episodes in the original series? Oh, the top three. I'll tell you my three that when I see them, I I, I just never want to watch them. Okay, Cat's Paw. Cat's Paw is one of them. Clearly, I I will watch Fox Brain. I will watch Fox Brand. <laughs> it's uh, because it's hilarious. Because it's like watching Bill and Ted's Excellent so Adventure. Bad. It's so ridiculous right. that it's funny, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you can enjoy that. But Cat's Paw is definitely one I don't care for. There's a, The last episode ever aired was an episode called Turnabout Intruder. And oh, what a horrible way for them to go out. It, it's sexist. Wow. It's got horrible special effects. It's got bad acting. They force Kirk William Shatner to do just some of the most ridiculous gyrations and weirdness and yeah, yeah. Awesome. And let me think here. Just for sheer creep factor alone... There's an episode, it's a very early, early episode called Miri. And um, it's about a group of children who basically, they age extremely slowly. So they, they haven't grown up. But once they age as adults, they, they age very rapidly and go crazy and die. So um, okay. this girl okay. is like a 16-year-old. And the things that Kirk does to get her on his side is like... The stuff that they're talking about in Hollywood right now mm. and in politics right now. Ah, gotcha. It's not. Say no more. <laughs> There's my three. There's my three least favorite, don't want to watch when I see them come on episodes. There's your three. Right. There you go. And I will save a list of probably like my top 10 I wish we had time for. Right. Or top 15. Yeah, I'll, we'll do that in, the, in our wrap-up episode next month. Oh, yeah, that would uh, be a great... When we, ra- when we officially wrap up the Captain Kirk saga. Cool. Even though we will still see him again, even in this 52. Ha, ha, ha. Of course we will, because... We will we'll wrap up his part of the journey, and right. then we will move into the next generation. And so when we do that wrap-up, I, I will tell you, if I could to give a, if I could give you another maybe 10 or 12 or whatever it would be, these are the ones I would want to give you. What did you think of Roberta Lincoln of The Girl? She was fantastic. Right? That was just fun. Uh, I really enjoyed the ditzy but smart Mm -hmm. uh, element because she was. She wasn't hesitant or shy. She was, she's pretty sassy and uh, still quirky. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have, gosh, I just would have loved to have seen, yeah, more of this. It's sad when Hollywood doesn't 
some of the stuff doesn't see the gold where there's so very clearly some gold. I agree. And, you know, it amazes me the amount of stuff that has to go right to get something of quality out there. Which is a little bit crazy considering the amount of crap that gets actually made. Like, this is the thing that you didn't think was worth it? Really? You cut off Firefly? Really? Right. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You've seen her many times, I'm sure. Really? Yes. Her name is Terry Garr. And I know the name. She's one of my all-time favorite actresses. She was in Young Frankenstein. Oh, of Close and en- Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Tootsie. Dumb and Dumber. She was the mom in Mr. Mom. She was in Oh God. Uh, she was, yeah, and uh, just a ton more. Wow. She got some good credits there, clearly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I would have loved to have seen what she could have done with that role because yeah. with that sass and that, you know, that I'm not taking any of your attitude stuff, I think it would have been a, a really strong female character for the 60s. Yeah, but still kind of offset. She's she's sweet and she doesn't know what's going on, but that's not going to stop her. So, I yeah, I liked her a lot. Yeah. Uh, I liked him a lot. He was very uh, engaging and calm and the... the very Doctor Who-ish. I just, yeah, eh, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, Robert Lansing, he would have made, he would have been, oh, it would have been such a mm-hmm. good series. It would have been so much fun to see what they could have done with that. So let's see, what have you what have you watched besides the ones that were on our list? You watched What Are Little Girls Made Of, Spock's Brain, Assignment Earth, Omak Time. Right. Let's talk about Omak Time. We never did talk about it. Box wedding. Oh yes, actually did. I had a lot of thoughts on that one. Did I start writing them down? Let me let me tell you something that I just think is hysterical. This is something someone told me once, and I'm going to go ahead and believe that this is true. Okay. Because it's just too damn funny. Okay. The week that Omak time, Omak Omak time, however you pronounce it, the week that it came out, the tel- the TV guide had this description. Oh Lord. Spock gets the mating urge. And attacks Captain Kirk. That's beautiful. <laughs> now, that's technically what happens in the episode. Yes, it is. I don't know if that's actually what was in that TV guide, but someone told me that was God, what it was. God, I hope and, so. Right? Like, I want to believe it so badly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just beautiful. <laughs> we men are too busy dealing with our own crap to ever see that you're dealing with anything. Same. Samesies. This is what I'm talking about. And that's why it's so freaking hard to date. Yes. <laughs> and that's why we have to have arranged marriages like Spock and Tepring. Mm, which worked out really well. Which worked, oh, it worked out so well for everybody, right? Right. <laughs> Spock, Spock kills his captain. Uh, that brings him right out of the mating ritual. I mean, it just sobers him right up. Well, it would do that to me, too. If I killed my best friend, yeah. it would be really difficult for yeah, me. Yeah, especially once you immediately find out that your new wife is just like, I really don't like you, and the whole reason I got you to kill him was so that I could be with someone else. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> you know? It was handled. It was handled very coldly and dispassionately, right? Like the whole stun wanted mm-hmm. me. I wanted him. I see. I see no reason to prefer stun over me. Well, and then he admires her for the logic of it all, right? Like call her something. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I do believe you could get mad at her. She's treating you like a total bah, a total b. Oh, I'd go further. I'd say she treats him like a total c. 
Okay, so, you know. Which is ridiculous that we're... <laughs> and he was not being a D. Nice! For, for those of you who have been following my little recommendations throughout all of this, I have recommended an episode called Return to Tomorrow. I have recommended an episode called Tomorrow is Yesterday. We watched Yesteryear, mm. and on our list is Yesterday's Enterprise. I'm calling out Star Trek right now saying, you're making this really confusing on me, guys, to try and remember which episode is the right episode. Because I'm pretty sure that I described Tomorrow is Yesterday when I recommended uh, Return to Tomorrow. And I'm pretty sure I described Return to Tomorrow when I just put in Tomorrow is Yesterday. But I'm not sure. So here's my suggestion. Wow. Just go watch them both. They're both fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay? Sure. They do the yester return to year thing a lot. Uh, I've noticed the trend of time travel pops up in some of their better ones too. Well, actually in like yes. all of their better ones. Are there bad time travel ones? Yes. Oh, okay. So I didn't I'll, see I'll those. Sa- I'll state that. I'll state that in, uh, unequivocally. And I say that again, everybody has favorites and everybody doesn't like them. I don't care for one of the next generation time travel episodes. Okay. Um, and when they get to Enterprise, they will discuss something called a temporal Cold War, which is a little too confusing at times to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so while it's not bad, it's just like uh, you're losing me, guys, right. a little bit. There are, I mean, you know, there are good and bad episodes of everything in Trek. But, but some of their better ones are time travel ones. So that's kind of cool. We don't want to talk about what little girls are made of. Do you want to talk about what little girls are made of? Really? Is there anything you want to say about what little girls are made of? Uh, I just think that watching that when the next one I watch, the one where Christine is all in love. Oh, it was when uh, they all go crazy on the ship um, and they're confessing their loves and uh, Sulu comes out with a sword and no shirt. Yes. Let's all remember that moment. Let's take a moment. Yes, that was that was uh, the Naked Time. So Naked Time. I watched this and then as just for funsies and then I watched the Naked Time for us for this podcast and it was super mm-hmm. confusing that she lost her big one true love soulmate and then immediately was like, "Oh, Spock." In love with Spock, yeah. The whole idea, uh, you you asked if there were any more Christina Chapel episodes. Totally. And honestly, that was the first one I thought of. Mm-hmm. And I said it, and after I said it, I went, ah, I don't know if that's like the best. It's an interesting story, and I like the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, this whole Roger Corby guy wanting to put our consciousness into android bodies, which that's, that's, that's worth debating. Sure. You know, um, creating immort- immortal versions of ourselves, or more immortal versions anyway. But the Christina Chapel moments are like, she just sort of runs around lovesick and needy and it's not it it didn't work for me and then i i I said it to you and i was like and of course that's the first one that i took the time to watch i was like does he know what he's doing recommending these things no it was was a bumpy start but i had to show you the naked time Uh, absolutely first of all it's a very classic episode and second of all it's it's the naked time there's so much there's so much character building there yeah like you needed to see who Spock was and who Kirk was there so that you could get to stuff like City on the Edge of Forever and Mirror Mirror and some of these more intricate stories absolutely I'm starting to see more and more why you went in the order that you went in 
And if you tailored it for a newbie, yes, but you've also tailored it for me specifically. And I, I think that's kind of wonderful. You know, I'm using you and our conversations to kind of keep me on track mm-hmm. um, with this and, and, and letting some of your questions guide me a little bit in where, where to go. Even to the point where I'm looking at our next generation lineup and I've made a couple of changes. I've added a little bit because there's a story – and this is how crazy this whole thing has gotten. There's a storyline that's coming in Deep Space Nine, which we'll get to in about five months. Okay. Four, four or five months. And in order to get there, there's an episode or two that you need to see. Well, in order to do that, there's an episode or two you need to see before that, which means I needed to look at what I was doing in The Next Generation. Oh, wow. Because just like in the original series, I only get a very limited number. I only get another right. – You know, we're going we're gonna to be halfway through all of it, more than halfway through, and I'm still going to have all of Deep Space Nine, all of Voyager, and all of Enterprise to do. So – Finding the cohesive storylines is a big, important part of this. Right. And deciding Um, what you can just tell me. I'm starting to get it. Once we're into the next generation where they actually remember what happened earlier (laughs) in the show, (laughs) uh, the spoiler alerts will become massive. Oh, yeah. At some point, a character is going to die. I'm not going to show it, and we're going to have to deal with that. So, And you're going to know that that character died because we're going to mention it in an episode we are going to watch. So I'm going to have to let you know that that's going to happen. There we go. And all of that's like part of the the plan. (laughs) Who has has friends that will do this for you? Star Trek fans. (laughs) That's who? She can get away with being a B, not a C, if he is being a D, but she was a total C when he was not a D. I see. <laughs> that was so stupid. I, I love sitting here talking stupidly with you. This is the best.